This is a special edition of The Natural Laboratory, a podcast exploring science for San Francisco Bay Area National Parks. It's Thursday, January 15th, 2009, and I'm John Cannon coming to you from the Bay Model in Sausalito, California. Today, at this one-and-a-half-acre, scaled-down replica of San Francisco Bay, built by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in 1957, park staff from across the region have gathered for the first-ever Park Science Day. For the next few hours, park scientists and interpretive rangers will learn about and discuss a cross-section of the science happening at Golden Gate National Recreation Area, John Muir National Historic Site, Pinnacles National Monument, Point Reyes National Seashore, and other parks in the San Francisco Bay Area Network. A National Park Science office can feel like a beehive. Researchers buzz hurriedly in from their fieldwork to enter data and replenish supplies, only to get back to their project sites to collect more data. That data is the honey that drives the scientific machinery of the national parks, allowing biologists, for example, to assess the population of coho salmon, or to determine what effect the southward creep of the barred owl population is having on threatened spotted owls native to this region. As you might expect, wildlife and factors like the weather don't conform to a predictable schedule. So these scientists are often very busy, with little time to share what they're finding with their colleagues. And rarely do they get the chance to discuss their work with interpretive rangers, who are tasked with distilling these mysteries to park visitors. I'm Marcus Conan, the Inventory and Monitoring Coordinator. I'm based in the Marin Headlands of Golden Gate uh, National Rec Area, but I cover uh, the whole network. The program that Conan coordinates supports many of the park's biological inventories and long-term scientific monitoring efforts. Its aim is to bring diverse projects under the same leadership, from water quality monitoring to surveys of the species of lichen and fungi present in the parks. Scientists can then look at all the data and trends put together to help assess the health of both individual species and entire ecosystems protected by national parks. This program also recognizes that these scientists often face similar challenges in their research, regardless of what they're studying, and they benefit from working together. But to accomplish this mission, the program's leaders realized that they needed to explore new avenues for researchers and other park staff to communicate with each other. And there was a real strong uh, consensus that we really needed to put on a workshop like this to give people a chance to to hear the presentations, to support what was being written, and uh, to give people a chance to ask questions. So they came up with Park Science Day. On the agenda is a host of little-known projects, such as a fossil survey spanning some 200 million years of geologic history. My name's Will Elder, and I work at Golden Gate National Recreation Area as an interpretive ranger. Elder also wears the hat of a scientist. For this project, he interviewed other scientists and combed the literature to determine what fossils are in the parks, how old they are, and what we need to do to protect them. What can fossils tell you about the geological character of of this area, which seems to be very diverse? Well, number one, fossils tell you how old the rocks are, and that's very important, obviously, in developing a historic timeline for the area. And they also tell you what the environment was where the rocks were deposited, whether it's open ocean or the coastline or even uh, terrestrial deposits, uh, stream beds, etc. And so using the, knowing the age and the depositional environment, you can develop a history of how the coast of California evolved for the last 200 million years, basically. The end result was an expansive database providing what Elder called a baseline of paleontological material. I thought this study sounded a bit like another presentation I'd heard earlier in the day, 
And apparently I wasn't the only one to make the association. During lunch, I was sitting at a table with, uh, with Joe Kenyon, who's one of the data managers and researchers with the Pacific Coast Science and Learning Center, and I asked him if he ever heard of uh, Will Elder's presentation on uh, the fossils that were found along the coast. And he hadn't, he, didn't, he wasn't even aware of that project, but he automatically started thinking of ways that they could melt their two databases together. Um, so there's, uh, that's a, a really cool thing that could come out of this. Kenyon presented a project called the Coastal Biophysical Inventory, which took stock of present-day organisms and habitats along 161 kilometers of coastline between Tamales Point at Point Reyes National Seashore and Half Moon Bay, south of San Francisco. From the baseline created by this project, scientists and managers now have a powerful tool to evaluate the ecosystem's health. What's more, they are better prepared when, say, a tragedy such as an oil spill besets a stretch of coastline. Those parallels between disparate projects continue to crop up throughout the day. I'm Bobby Simpson. I work at Point Reyes National Seashore, and I am the liaison for the Exotic Plant Management Program in California. Most of Simpson's work deals with how to cope with the spread of invasive plants in national parks throughout California, and she was quick to find a common thread in the dozen talks given at the workshop. It's interesting to me that almost every single presentation had some mention of the impacts associated with invasive plants, invasive plants or invasive animals. And as those threats seem to be ramping up in today's world, I'm very interested to see how people are actually coping with that, how they're dealing with it, what their solutions are, how they're monitoring it, and how they're getting their communication out. But beyond just seeing the work of others through the lens of her own experience, Simpson also noted how important it is for scientists to get together and share methods, strategies, and approaches. As I develop my projects, it helps me a lot to see how other people have developed theirs. And I learn very much through conversation with people. And this is a perfect venue for that. It's a venue that Conan says he hopes will continue to grow and foster this kind of communication. My main vision was not to have the same type of event, but to really expand it. So it's not just presentations from the inventory and monitoring program, but really from all the different natural resource programs. In this network, there's just so much that, that happens. It, you could easily turn this into a week-long event, which is probably too much, but, but definitely we could expand this type of event. From the Bay Model in Sausalito, California, I'm John Cannon for the Pacific Coast Science and Learning Center at Point Reyes National Seashore.